Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. And this is the program where we take prayer requests and we answer your Bible questions. So as you just heard the number, uh, the number to call to be on the air is 303-690-3000. So glad that you're tuned in today to today's program of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado and so blessed as I always am to be with you for the next hour. And I am here to take your questions and your prayer requests. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Grab one of those open lines early. Then you won't be put on hold, but that's the best uh, you know, opportunity for you to get on quickly to ask your question or give your prayer request. And we are here to take you to the Word of God. We're here to uh, answer your questions that you have concerning the Bible or Christian living or worldview on certain things that we see around us. Uh, so give me a call at 303-690-3000. And I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners. You're listening live today on this beautiful fall day here in Colorado all along the front range, and uh, so blessed to to be a part of your life, and uh, hope you were blessed by listening to our radio program, Under the Fig Tree, right prior to Calvary Live, and it's a blessing to be on all week long at 3.30, Under the Fig Tree, and, and bless you with the Word of God, and then be able to host Calvary Live. So welcome, you're listening live today, and those of you up in southern Wyoming as well, but we also want to welcome all those who are listening on Truth FM and Hope FM on the East Coast. It is evening time for you, so good evening. And as uh, you are listening uh, to the broadcast, you are a week delayed, but you get to call in at that number, 303-690-3000, and we'll have a conversation and talk about the things of the Lord. And then next week, you'll be able to hear that broadcast on your on your station so welcome all those on the east coast and wherever you are anywhere in the nation we have people that are listening from all over the country online listeners as you're listening on um, your smartphones the grace fm app or on your tablets those of you who are listening to uh, through your computer the grace fm website welcome welcome wherever you are we actually have listeners that listen in from different parts of the world even. So we're so grateful that technology allows us to be connected, uh, to be able to uh, minister to you, and uh, we just uh, are so thankful for that. Um, So give me a call. We'd love to talk to you. Another means for you to be able to ask a question or give a prayer request is 720-336-0897, which is a dedicated text line. And be safe when you text, and that is for texting only. No one will answer uh, that line. Uh, you cannot leave a message. It's only for texting 720-336-0897. Uh, 
is that dedicated text line. And as we have time or we get a little uh, gap in between uh, uh, phone calls, uh, we'll go to the text line and we'll see the questions and the prayer requests that are there. So 303-690-3000 and then the text line 720-336-0897. I'll repeat those numbers throughout the broadcast, but hey, grab one of those open lines. We've got a couple open lines, and we're going to go right to it right away. Let's go to Pat and Greeley. Hi, Pat. Pat, are you there? Pat from Greeley. Can we connect her there? Okay. Um, she has a question on Job, so if, if we can get Pat back on. And that would be great because it's a good question. It's a question that people ask. And I'd like to, to talk to Pat to see exactly what it is uh, that she is uh, thinking of. So let's go to Josh in Kiowa. Josh, are you there? On Calvary Live? Okay. We might be having just a little bit of technical problems there um, as we're trying to connect those phone calls. So... Pat and Josh, if you can hear me, just stay on and see if we can get those connected. So give me a call. we got an open line, 303-690-3000. We'll work on that, and uh, and we'll try to get those calls in. Uh, again, give me a dedicated text line. Um, let's go. Let's try Pat again. Pat, are you there? Pat? Okay, Pat. We're trying, okay? It's great when technology works, but when the... Uh, when the connection isn't there. So um, I'll let the guys, the producer, tell me when we can get those. But in the meantime, we're going to go to the text line while they're working on that. And one of the questions that came in is the parable of the talents in Matthew and and the mina in Luke's gospel, the same parable. And they are similar in a lot of ways. In Matthew 25, I believe, is the parable of the talents that Jesus tells right before he goes to the cross. And then in Luke's Gospel, I believe it's chapter 19 of Luke's Gospel, is where the parable of the mina. And they're similar in a lot of ways, but they're different as well. And uh, just to kind of sum it up, uh, the parable of the talents, there were different talents, which is a measure of money that was given to the servants by the master who was going to go away, and then he would come back and they would have to give an account of uh, what, how they, you know, uh, invested the talents. The parable, the mina, they were given all the same amount. They were given one mina. So Bible teachers and scholars suggest that the parable, the mina, uh, represents the mina represents, which is again another different measure of money. That the mina is the gospel. Uh, in Matthew's gospel, the talent is perhaps. Um, gifts that the Lord gives to us, spiritual gifts, opportunities to serve Him. Uh, that's what it represents, and they were given different amounts because uh, we all have different talents and things like that. Uh, but uh, we want to make sure um, that um, that the main thrust of the parable is this. The parable tells us that the master would come back and those servants were to give an account of uh, you know, what they invested. And he would commend those who invested what was given to them and entrusted to them, and they were commended, well done, good and faithful servant. But the one servant in each of those parables that didn't uh, was rebuked strongly by the master. So uh, here's the, the thrust of both those parables, that 
uh, both of them come to the conclusion of to teach us and to show us that the Lord's going to come back. Um, and he has given us talents. He's given us a mind of the gospel message. And we are to invest in the kingdom of God. And as we do, we're going to give an account of that someday uh, because the Lord is going to come back and we're going to be rewarded uh, for uh, what has been given to us and trusted to us if we are good stewards, if we invested in the kingdom of God. And we were going over uh, Revelation chapter 20 uh, on Wednesday night last week at the millennium reign. And we know that in the millennium reign, we're going to rule and reign with him. Um, and so it seems to indicate what we do in this life as we're going to be rewarded is has a lot to do with what we're going to do in the millennium reign in ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ. So good question, and uh, we can talk more about it, but we're going to go ahead and try the phone lines. Hey, we got open lines, um, 303-690-3000. Let's see if we can try Pat again, okay? Pat, are you there? I'm here. Hey, try number three, and it works. So thanks for being right. patient with us. No <laughs> How problem. are you? I'm doing fine. How are good. you doing, Pastor? I'm doing Pastor, good. I have a, oh, good. I have a, a, a question uh, pertaining to the book of Job. It's uh, chapter 2, verse 3. I'm ministering uh, to a young Christian, and she wanted to... Uh, young, I mean, <laughs> young in the fact that she's recently accepted Christ. And she wanted to get into the book of Job, and I knew that would create some interesting issues. But the question that's going to come up is this. If you read that verse, it, the Lord says, have you considered my servant Job? It's like the Lord is giving up Job to come under the punishment of the devil. And my belief is when we get into that and we start that, she's going to go, why would God do that? Why right. would God give up someone who's righteous and someone who's doing everything correct? I think for a young Christian, it's going to be a hard thing for her to understand. It, it is going to be. It's even kind of hard sometimes for us as, you know, who've been versed in the Word to understand that. We know that mm -hmm. there's this, in chapter 1 and chapter 2, this heavenly scene that takes place as mm -hmm. you know the lord says to to um to satan have you considered my servant job and we're told mm -hmm. in chapter 1 uh just as you've already said that job was a man that was blameless he was upright he was one that feared god mm -hmm. and he shunned evil i mean when the counselors of job come along one of the main uh, emphasis of their uh, trying to counsel him is, Job, you did something wrong, and you right. sinned, and that's why you're being punished. And that's the way a lot of people feel that way. But when we read right away in Job, here's a guy who's blameless. He was upright. He was one who feared God and shunned evil. That's mm -hmm. God's view of him. So Job comes along and says, well, you've, you've put a hedge around him, and if you remove that hedge, mm -hmm. then he's going to blaspheme you. So there is this this um, this kind of like challenge. I don't know if that's a good word, but this accusation, because he is the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night, as Revelation 12 says concerning Satan, mm -hmm. um, that, you know what, if you remove that, he'll, he'll you know, blaspheme you. He'll, he'll collapse. Yeah. yeah, he'll collapse. He'll, he'll 
uh, do that. And so the Lord allows Satan to come against Job. He says, only don't take his life. Why God did that, we know because um, he was, he was, there's a testing that's all in that. You can get all theological, but the Lord never directly answered that in the book of Job, why he allowed that. At the end, when he answers Job, he says, Job, where were you when I measured the heavens? You know, where were you when I laid the foundations? You know, he goes through all this. Where were you when I created, you know, and and did this? And I think the Lord was saying, if you can tr- trust me in that, you can trust me certainly with your life. But he never gave a direct answer to Job. And I know. we he do know. He posed over 300 questions to Job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and But what's amazing is Job, his faith during all this. Of course, there was times where he struggled. There was times where he, you know, was thinking, you know, what did I do wrong? Uh, mm-hmm. His miserable counselors were doing that. But he showed great faith. And, and it's just like right after he lost all his kids, he lost, you know, all his possessions— uh, in chapter 5, he says, But as for me, I would seek God, and to God I would commit my cause, who does great in things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. And, and just the the answer of Job, the response that he gives to the concerning the Lord. Um, Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty, for he bruises, but he binds up, he wounds, but his hands make whole. You know, he says, mm-hmm. Though he slay me, he will bless me. So it's almost like the Lord was showing Job off to Satan, saying, no, this yeah, this guy is fully committed to, to me. And that's what I see in it, even though he went through tremendous loss. But why he allowed, why, why didn't God just kind of say, Satan, get out of here. And, 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 you know, you're not going to touch him. I don't know. But it speaks of the sovereignty of God. Would it be improper to to say to her, this also serves, you know, this this book is being read even now, 2,000 years later, uh, that God is showing us what true faith is about in him, and that this book has a better, a bigger purpose than what Job actually went through, if you can actually believe that, that God is showing us this is what true faith is. And for today's application, hey, when you're going through tough times, you need to trust in me, and I'll take you yeah. through it. Would that be off? Is yeah, and like I, because, it is. I think it is a time to trust in him, because you go to James in the New Testament. James starts his epistle by saying that, you know, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Then he mm-hmm. goes in chapter 5, and he expands on that patience and persevering. And he says, indeed, we count them blessed who endure, or that is who, um, there in verse 11, uh, have patience. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. So it wasn't to show Job that, I'm a mean God, and I just, you know, am playing games, and I'll mess with your life. Um, he's The whole purpose was to show Job that he's very compassionate and merciful. 
And um, I, and I think as Christians, we need to remember that, that we believe in a holy, awesome God. He sits on the throne. He is sovereign. Everything filters through his hands. But the Lord didn't have to save us. Um, he didn't have to send his son to forgive us. So I think there's some broader lessons in that. And um, that, you know, as Job endured, he saw the compassion and the patent, and the patience of our Lord. I, I also think God's messages to us all the time are to stick by me and endure because he doesn't want to lose anyone to the, to, to the devil. And he gives us here in Job an example of total dedication to him to show us, hey, this is what faith looks like. And I want yeah. you to build yourself up to this type of faith because I don't want you falling into the hands of the devil. So you need yeah. to be beside me even in tough times. Yeah. I, I think that's not doing anything biblically incorrect, right? Yeah, and to trust in him and, um, and to look to him. And, you know, there is a testing of our faith that produces patience and patience. Let it have its perfect work that, that our you know, lives may be complete or matured, and that's the work that God wants to do. Because I know right now, Pat, there are those who are listening right now. There have been Christians that I've known through my years of ministry. They've gone through a Job-like experience. They've lost their children. They've lost their spouse. They've lost so much. And in that time, we want to encourage them that they can trust in the Lord and rest in His love and and yeah. to look to him and that the lord is good and that he is compassionate and he is merciful and those you know it's difficult in the painful times but you know the other thing too is that um when satan says have you considered my servant he considers us he studies us that's what that word means so he can try to get a foothold in our lives so we need to stay close to the lord so those are all valuable lessons for us wow. That helps a lot. It'll give me some framework to work around it because um, it is a very difficult thing to understand. And you're right; yeah. you have to be yeah. you have to be really committed, and you have to know all the all God's character and stuff to know that uh, that that there was a reason. And we're, although we're not told now, I guess I can yeah. tell her when you get there, ask him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think you hit on something very important, Pat. It's so important that we continue studying the Word of God so we can know the character of God. And, yeah. and the character of God is is so important that we see throughout the Scripture. So, hey, Pat, you know, if there's any other way we can help you out during this, or you got any other questions, be sure to call back, all right? Thank you so much, Pat. You've been a great help. You have a blessed day. You too, Pat. Thank you for calling. All right. We have a couple open lines when somebody hangs up. We've got the phone lines working. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. So grab one of those open lines. The text line is 720-336-0897. Job's a tough book and, and going through it, but we can learn so much about it. And um, and um, it, it is you know such a blessing to go through it and to look at it. But let's go to John and Kiowa. Or Josh. Hey, Josh. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, is it Josh? Yes, sir. How are you? Hey, good, thank you. How are you today? I'm good. So you're down in Kiowa, right? Yes, sir. 
Are you listening online, or can you actually pick up the radio station? Yeah, I get the radio. Uh, I listen Good. to you guys at Grace FM on my way to work every morning, and most time on my way home. Uh, great, so it's really great. blessing to me. What a blessing that it gets over in Kiowa. So, you got a question yeah. for me, Josh? I do. I was curious. So, um, I've always been raised in the reform faith, you know, and mm-hmm. we I started kind of getting towards. Uh, more like Calvary Chapel, and we go to church out there in Parker at, at Crossroads. But I just had a question that is on my mind about, um, you know, the Reformed faith believes in uh, predestination kind of deal where you don't so much have a choice kind of a thing. But, and right. I think that the choice is, is definitely, you can see it in Scripture and throughout humanity, I guess, whatever, but... I guess my question is, is I know that, you know, babies or, you know, before they're too old enough or they pass away, they're, they're going to go to heaven. I know that to be true. But I guess I just wonder, is in scriptures and stuff, what what kind of backs that up to be um, where you're not old enough yet to profess faith or, or ask the Lord into your heart? Um, right. I guess that's my question. Yeah, that's a good question, and it's a question that people ask, um, especially when they go through the loss of a, a child or a baby. And the Scripture doesn't speak a whole lot about it, um, but we do believe that there's an age of accountability. There's debate what that age is. We don't know for sure. One of the things that Jesus said is, the children belong to me. He rebuked the religious leaders, or not the religious leaders, actually the, the disciples, because they were preventing the parents from bringing the children. And he said, such belong to me, such are the kingdom of God. Um, but I think the story that really helps us out um, in uh, having comfort to know that uh, a baby dies, that they're in the arms of the Lord, that they go to heaven, is in Second Samuel chapter 12, uh, when David, he got, um, you know, uh, Bathsheba pregnant, and they had a son, and he he was told that that, you know, baby was going to die, but uh, it says that, um, and I'm going to read a portion to it for the sake of our listeners, that in 2 Samuel 12, that on the seventh day, uh, when the child was born, it came to pass the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him, and he would not heed our voice, speaking of David. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do some harm. David was grieving. He wouldn't eat. He was in prayer to the Lord. So they're afraid to tell David that, um, you know, this baby of his has died. And so uh, when David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was dead, and therefore David said to his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. And then David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, changed his clothes. He went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and when he requested, they set food before him, and he ate. And then his servants said to him, What is this that you have done? You fasted, you wept for the child, while he was alive, but when the child was dead, you arose and ate food. 
And he said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? And this is the key here in verse 23. But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. So David gives indication he's going to go to the child. He's going to go to heaven and be with him. So David was comforted by that. He was able to eat. He worshiped the Lord. He knew that he would go see his son someday. So I think that this is the verse that really um, that brings comfort to me, that I can bring comfort to others when they have a child that dies, um, that David knew that he was going to see his son again. And then as we have those who die, young babies, um, uh, you know, up to the age of accountability, we know that uh, we're going to see them again. What exactly that age is, again, we don't know. There's a debate. Some say 13, some say 10. We don't know for sure. Um, but we do know that God is gracious and that he is merciful and he is just. So um, so that's that's the text, I think, that brings us comfort. That's great. I, I know that uh, passage there, but I, hearing you talk about it, you know, really kind of helps enlighten me a little bit of, of uh, where where it's coming from. That's I like that. And you know we do, as you said, you grew up in the reform, and you know here's the thing, Josh, about that is the Bible does teach about you know God choosing. Jesus said, you know, to his disciples, "You didn't choose me; I chose you. And without me, you can do nothing." But we also know that we have a choice as well, right? Yeah. And Jesus stood on that hillside and said, whosoever, you know, um, will come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. It's an invitation. You know, Romans says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, uh, whoever believes in the Son of God shall, shall not die but have everlasting life. Those are all invitations that are given to us. And it's hard to understand. And he has foreknowledge. He knows who are his. So both are taught in the scriptures, and it's, it's very can be kind of hard if we try to wrap our minds around it completely because we have finite minds yeah, trying to figure yeah. out an infinite God. But both are taught in the yeah. scriptures. So I'm glad you're being brought to a you know a balance and all that. And um, I'm you know for me I'm thankful that He chose me, but I also know that somebody took the time to give me the gospel and for me to, to choose to follow after Jesus. You know, Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. And uh, so both are taught in the Scripture. So I just wanted to throw that out while we have open lines and, and while we're, uh, you know, got a little bit of, of time to be able to talk about it. So so anything well, else, Josh? That. No, I appreciate that a lot. I, I just want to say thank you. And I appreciate thank you guys' radio station. You bet. Thanks, Josh. All right. I've been um, doing the show here uh, for, it's going to be going on five years. I've never gotten a call from uh, Kiowa, I believe, which is kind of east of Castle Rock. So it's good to hear that those of you in the Kiowa in Elbert County 
uh, that you guys are are listening and are able to pick up the radio station and what a blessing that is. I used to work a lot in that area. I actually used to work for the State Forest Service many years ago after college, and I worked in Elbert County and and uh, in the Black Forest area, and, and uh, those were very special days. Hey, I believe we got all open lines right now, so we're going to get ready to go to break, so give me a call. We got the phone lines working, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Ask me a question. My name is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. You can ask a question about the Bible or Christian living or about worldview, uh, what our worldview should be about certain things. Maybe you got a question about uh, the return of the Lord. Um, and uh, the text line is 720 0897. So, love for you to be able to uh, call, uh, text in a question or a prayer request. So, hey, grab one of those open lines. We're going to be back in about two minutes and we're going to continue with the second half of Calvary Live. We'll be right back in just about two minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. You just heard those numbers to give us a call or to be able to text us a question or you got a prayer request. Love to be able to do that for you and uh, to talk about the things of the Lord to encourage you. To give you some clarity and understanding, my name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. and with you uh, for the next half hour or so. And uh, so uh, give me a call. We have an open line. Uh, I do want to remind everybody in the Greeley area that we will be meeting once again on our Wednesday night service at 7 o'clock as we continue in the book of Revelation. It's been such an incredible study and I'd love for you to come join us as we worship the Lord, as we study God's Word. The book of Revelation to remind you that there is a special promise in chapter 1 that those who read the book, those who hear the words, and those who keep uh, the words of the book of Revelation. And one of the things that is a tremendous blessing, it's the only book of the Bible that gives a special uh, promise of a blessing of going through the book. I mean, all the books of the Bible we're blessed and, and benefited from it. But one of the things that we see and one of the things that really has captured my heart going through the book of Revelation is that the Lord's on the throne and he wins. We live in a culture right now. We live in a world and a society that is so divided. There's so much uncertainty. It's getting more confusing. It's getting darker. But, the, you know, in, the, in that time right prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, it seems like the world is unraveling. The Antichrist is going to win, and, you know, the, the tribulation saints are being martyred. It seems like things seem hopeless, but they're not, because Jesus Christ is on the throne, and he's coming back, and he's going to establish his kingdom, and then he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. We have such a wonderful future, and it reminds us of those things. So um, it, it just warms my heart to know that we— have such a wonderful future, and to be able to share that with others, the gospel message, and that Jesus Christ is coming back, and to remind us that this world is not where it's at. So 7 o'clock, the book of Revelation, 
And uh, we got a place for all the kids, whether you have those little ones in the nursery or toddlers, uh, children's ministry. We have middle schoolers that meet, high schoolers that meet. So come see us. We're easy to find. Uh, check out our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com. And then on Sunday mornings, 8, 9, 30, and 11 o'clock, we're in First Timothy. And what a wonderful study it has been going through that pastoral epistle. So we welcome you as well. And uh, love to see you, love to serve you as we come and we worship the Lord. We study God's word. We fellowship with each other. We break bread. Those things that Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says that we are to continue steadfastly in. So 303-690-3000. Let's go to Donnie in Cheyenne. Donnie? Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Pastor? I'm doing good. What do you have for me? Good. So I have a question in regards to um, responsibility is um, brothers and sisters in the Lord to address sin, but how do we address the sin when it goes um, ignored within the truth, uh, in a church, in the sense of, um, I did want to listen to some gossip about a local church here that supposedly has an openly um, um, homosexual pastor that is practicing that sin that teaches the children's church. So instead of listening to gossip, I went directly to the pastor, and it was confirmed that he is. So I have some concerns as to what we should do, because it's not, um, it's it's obviously a very hard topic in itself, right. let alone teaching sure. that to kids. And obviously the church is okay with it because of how they teach um but should that stop us from raising awareness to the parents and speaking out against that? Um, how, how would we go well, about doing something like that? Yeah, and it is. And one of the things that one of the things that have been really important about us, I just mentioned that we are going through First Timothy, it's because Timothy is told, you know, order and priority and conduct in the church. And and we go over all these different things, and Timothy teach no, no other doctrine, sound doctrine. You know, uh, Timothy, here's the roles of men and women in the church. All these things that culture is beginning to invade the church, and the church is opening itself up more and more to mm-hmm. um, what culture accepts rather than what the Word of God says. So this this church that is allowing homosexual you know, leadership, that is very much of a concern. And so it it falls back on the leadership of the church um, and the structure of the church, because there are more and more churches that are allowing that. And, and you know, whether they're in progressive, the, you know, churches is what they are called, you know, progressive mm-hmm. theology, which is open to any kind of lifestyle, any kind of um, you know, whatever culture says is acceptable, but we're seeing that in the church today. How you go mm-hmm. about it is, you know, first of all, we need to, as a church, be praying, but you said you went and talked to the pastor and and the leadership. You voice your concern, um, but, you know, uh, you said it's another church? Yeah, it's it's the, another church, yeah. Yeah. And I messaged yeah. the actual pastor, that's the children's pastor of that church, and I just, I didn't beat around the bush, I just flat out asked him, are, are yeah. you practicing? And he pretty much said yes to the same sex, and yes, I teach children's church. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Instead of because I didn't yeah. want to get involved with the rumors and the gossip, I figured I'll just go yep. to him 
he confirmed it. So it just got yeah. me, it has me extremely concerned because obviously um, around here that the church um, is is very popular, and um, I just want to make sure that I, I guess my main concern is is I don't believe in my heart that taking it to them is going to change their position on it because they no. held that position for a while. But I do yeah. think that we should have a responsibility to maybe inform the parents and let them make a decision without making it sound like it's gossip. If he's willing to openly confess yeah. that he is, then I, I just, that's the, our children yeah, it's, that's it's, being taught. Donnie, it's a difficult thing because, you know, uh, more churches are accepting that, unfortunately, just not mainline denominational denominational churches, but even independent and even those who consider themselves, you know, non-denominational. But um, anyway, Donnie, I, I think that there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. You, you don't want to get all over social media. You don't want to slander. You just want to stand on truth. And, and one of the things you said, you've heard the, the, the talk around town, what's been going on. I commend you for not getting wrapped up in the gossip but you don't want to be a part of that. And I know you're saying you don't, but I think that, you know, you pray and then honestly you can, you know, you stand for righteousness, but they probably aren't going to do anything. And probably, you know, since the talk is around town, the parents already know, they know what's going on. They know what's taking place. So I think uh, just praying for wisdom and praying for direction and standing for truth and speaking the truth is what we are to do, and um, and it's very unfortunate, and um, and yeah, it breaks our heart. So I don't know if that helps much, Donnie. No, it does because I know that you know my my first knee knee jerk reaction is. I'm going to yeah. scream and yell about it, but obviously over the years I've learned that that's, it, besides it not being right in my own heart, um, it's also it, it, the, the tactics behind it usually end up being you know pretty horrible. Yeah. So I figure I'll take it to him personally. If he admits to it, then okay. And yeah. then knowing the history of there, that I don't think it's going to get resolved. But should that stop me from saying, hey, parents and other people, be aware of this, because I don't want to take a position where I just – you know, by default, and all love and compassion, but then there needs to be something there that says, wait a minute, right. it is sin, yeah. and you're sitting in a position that, you know, so it, it, it's, a, it's a hard thing. So I appreciate what you, what you have to say. Yeah, it is, Donnie, and, you know, um, you know, and use wisdom and discernment, because, you know, one of the things that, you know, I used to wrestle with, particularly when I started ministry, was, Lord, don't you know what they're teaching here, and don't you know about this church, and don't you know about that church? And the Lord said, yeah, I know about it. I, I know what's going on. The leadership is going to be accountable to what they do, and the pastor of that church, and we need to always remember that. But if somebody asks you or somebody says something, you can speak the truth, and you can speak the truth in love. And uh, but this is something that we're all facing, Donnie. So, yeah. all, right, all right, Pastor, well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, and God you bless bet. you too, Donnie. God bless you. All right, it's difficult what we see in the church today that we are seeing the church is adopting culture rather than what the Word of God has to say. And yeah, we stand for truth. We stand for what the Bible says, and um, and be wise. Uh, be wise and. Um, you know, as pastors, we're held at a stricter judgment. And uh, what we teach, and we are going to be held accountable, and churches are going to be held accountable before God. 
And uh, but unfortunately, we're seeing sin being accepted in the church more and more, and it's it just breaks my heart. It's so grieving, and um, and we need to be praying, praying for the church. We need to pray for revival in this country, um, because that's our only hope. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to Justin and Aurora. Hi, Justin. Hi. Uh, I have a prayer request for my nephew and his son. Uh, they're without their mom, without the mom of the child, and staying with family. It's been real hard. He's trying to give up uh, and live a negative lifestyle. Um, I'm just praying that the Lord would soften his heart, and I know where three or more gathered in the name or ask in his name, it shall be done. So I feel like prayer request is important for him at this stage in his life. Absolutely, Justin, and let's pray. Father, we pray for Justin's nephew and his son that they're going through difficult times. They're going through the temptation of the world, and the enemy pulling them into the world is there. Um, And, Lord, we just pray for your hand to work upon them in their lives and drawing them to you um, and to touch their hearts, to help them open their eyes spiritually, that they would... Lord, take the blindness away, because the enemy does that. He tries to blind us. He wants to deceive us, um, and and he, he, Lord, is a destroyer. So I just pray for Justin's nephew and his son. I pray for Justin, that you give him wisdom to be able to minister to them. Lord, that you would do that drawing work to yourself, and uh, Lord, that you would soften their hearts to truth, to um, the things uh, that you would have them. Um, to know that you love them, that you desire for them to surrender completely to you, to trust in you and rest in your love. So, Lord, we just lift this all up to you and these two individuals and for Justin as well. Um, and I thank you for his heart to pray for his family and, and, and those who are straying off in the world. We pray that you would do a mighty work in this situation in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for your radio ministry. Thank you. God bless you. Okay. Thank you. You bet. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Always a pleasure to pray with people, especially as you have prayer needs. And we all have family members, and I just want to encourage you, keep praying for those family members, your children, your grandchildren, others that are linked to you in your life. And, and uh, boy, just, just keep praying, lifting them up to the Lord. And Justin, uh, I would encourage you, you keep praying and uh, keep us informed. And um, we want to see God move amongst those that we love and care for, don't we? Well, we do have an open line, but let's go to Jason in Castle Rock. Hi, Jason. Jason, you there? Jason was um, holding a little bit. Jason, you wanted a prayer for a friend's new baby diagnosed with meningitis today. So, Jason, I'm sorry you dropped, but we're going to go ahead and pray, okay? And um, and um, and I know that's very much of a concern. So, Father, Jason called in, and, and we want to pray. Um, we pray for his friend's new baby diagnosed with meningitis today. Um, I ask that you would just, uh, and we ask together, for your compassionate hand to touch this baby and to bring healing, uh, to minister to this um, this child. You know who it is. 
you know the circumstance, you know how dire the situation is, and we know that there's nothing too difficult for you to heal, to touch, to minister. So, Lord, I just pray that you do a healing work um, in Jason's friend. Be with Jason as he ministers to his friend, and um, that you would just give him strength, and you would give him um, just um, just the words to say. And, um, Lord, I uh, thank you for him, him calling in, but we pray for your healing touch upon this baby in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jason, if you're listening, we're going to pray and um, and continue to pray. So keep us updated if you can. 303-690-3000 is the number to call uh, to be on the air. And uh, if you got an opportunity to bring in uh, a text uh, question or prayer request, 720-336-0897. But let's go to... Um, somebody who's calling from Greeley. Hello, you're on Calvary Live. Oh, good afternoon, Pastor. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Can we pray for you? Yes, definitely. Um, I got a prayer request for my stepson and my family, myself. Um, I honestly been struggling with sin, Pastor, and um, we've been struggling with our stepson also and just trying to get him to, you know, love life and get on track with living life and just want to see if you could do a special prayer for me. I'm the lead of the house, obviously, and I just want to be a good example, and I want to be the one taking the the example yeah. first, you know. So if you could pray yeah. for me, brother, and my family and my stepson especially because he's the one struggling a lot yeah. too. Abs- so. Absolutely, and I am going to pray for you because— you know, God has called us to be the leaders in our home, and it's difficult days to do that. Yes, brother. And yes. It, it it really is, and especially when um, there's so many pulls on our children and on our families. But I want to encourage you, brother, because, you know, the Lord will help you. And yes. I want to encourage you, you stay in the Word, you stay close okay. to Him, and you, you keep praying, okay? And you okay. did the right thing by calling us, all right? So, Father, you, I brother. pray for my, I pray for my brother. I just pray that you help him lead his family right now. That Lord, that you give him the strength to be able to minister to them and to his stepson. Lord, I pray that you would, again, take the blindness out of his eyes, um, that you soften Hallelujah. his heart. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would draw him to yourself, bring him home, bring him home, Lord, to you, and that you would t- take all the temptations and the sin and iniquity and evil and darkness, you begin to dispel all of that out of his life and out of his family, that you put a hedge of protection around his home, that you help my brother here to lead his family, to lead with the word of God, and Lord, to, to stand in the gap and fight the good fight of the spirit. I thank you for his call and, um, and we just pray together that your hand would be upon this family, that you would work miracles, that, Lord, that you would draw them to you, that you would, Lord, bring salvation to their home in every way, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, brother. And we really appreciate not only you, but all the pastors that do this Thank every you. day. God bless you yeah. guys. Thank you very much, brother. Thank you. Hey, you stay You stay. Yeah. Uh, you stay in touch, all right? Yes, sir, brother. Definitely. Thank all you right. very much, Pastor. You, you bet. God bless you.
All right, you know, prayer. We need pray, 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 and it's a great opportunity to be able to do this on the show. You know, I want to encourage you to stay in, in, um, you know, fellowship with believers. We were talking about the importance of it on Sunday in in First Timothy five, uh, as Paul uses those terms, how we treat one another in the church. He uses terms father and mother and brothers and sisters, and and I think Paul is prompted by the Spirit of God to say those things because he's reminding us that we're a family. The church is not a social club, but the church is a family, and and, and we need the family. And I know that some of you listening, that the idea of family conjures up negative things and or negative experiences, and I'm so sorry for that. But the church is to be a family, to be a blessing and a benefit where you are loved and cared for and fed and encouraged and uplifted and and you know exhorted, um, supported in every way. It's to be a hospital for those who are hurting, a place where you can come. The church is the pillar of, uh, of truth, and and um, it is to be a place where you can come and hear the word of the Lord, and, and be encouraged in every way. We need the church, and we need to be a part of the household of God in the family of God. So I want to encourage you, find that if you haven't, and uh, find a church where you can be benefited and blessed and supported and uh, be in fellowship. I just I really press that because the world is mean out there, and it is getting meaner, and it is getting uglier, and it is getting worse. And we as Christians, we need each other. Don't isolate yourself or, or don't think it's not important. And I just, that's, this is an encouragement to all of you that are listening. And, you know, we're told not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together, um, especially as you see the day approaching. And we are seeing the day approaching. So I encourage you, please be with a group of believers that you can be loved and encouraged and uplifted and blessed. Being a household of God is so important. Well, we're going to continue on. Let's go to Jamie in Denver. Jamie? Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. You got a question for me? I do. So I'm a I'm Lutheran. Um mm-hmm. but I remember my pastor like twenty years ago told me something about the prophecies in the Bible that before the second coming, that something about the Israelites and the Palestinians would have seven years of peace. Is that true? Well, um, not exactly. What And I'll kind of give you an overview of it, because prophecy is so important to understand. About a third of the mm-hmm. Bible is prophecy. Right. And we're studying um, the book of Revelation right now. It's a book that's not really studied a whole lot in the church today. But it's so important. And so in the book of Revelation, what we see is we see um, this period of time that's called the tribulation period. That's Mm -hmm. seven years long. So that's the reference seven years. But it's Mm -hmm. not a time of peace. It is a time of tribulation. And it's a time of tribulation that shall come upon the whole earth, not just to Israel, not just mm-hmm. to, you know, that region, you know, the difficulties and the problems between uh, Israel and the Palestinians. It's tribulation right. that comes upon the whole earth. And there's going to be, as we open up the tribulation period in six, chapter 6 of Revelation, there's one that's going to come on the scene that he's going to be 
called the Antichrist. He right. has a number of different titles. But when he does come, uh, Jamie, he's going to come as seemingly a peacemaker. So maybe that's what your your uh, pastor was making reference to. He comes riding on a white horse in Revelation chapter 6, verse 2. He's conquering unto conquer. He's going to be a world leader. He has a bow, but he doesn't have an arrow. Right. So, you know, that means that he comes with peaceful means. A bow isn't very good without an arrow. It, he's not right. coming in, in violence. So he's going to rise up. And in the Old Testament, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, it tells us that this man, the Antichrist, that he's going to make a covenant, or that is confirm a covenant with Israel for one week. A week in the Old Testament means seven years. So okay. he's he's going to come on as a peacemaker. He is a political leader. He is an economic leader. He's a religious leader. And, and he is one that's going to end up being a military leader as well. About halfway through that seven-year period, something happens. And what he does is, is he's going to go into a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. There's no temple in Jerusalem right now. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, I'm getting ready next week to take a group to Israel. We're going to do a study tour. And when we go mm-hmm. to Jerusalem, we, we can see where they're making preparations for one day for a temple to be built. Right now, it's it's... A lot of controversy, but the Antichrist is going to bring that covenant that's going to allow them to build that temple. He will mm-hmm. then go in, according to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, he will set himself up as God to be worshipped as God in the temple of God. So what he's going to do at that time is he's going to command the world to worship him. And then he is going to command everyone to make their allegiance to him, and if you do not then you will not be able to buy or sell. He's going to heavily persecute the Jews at that time, and then he's mm-hmm. also going to heavily persecute the tribulation saints, those who are believers in Jesus Christ. He's going to persecute them very heavily. And then the last three and a half years is called, right before the second coming of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. is, um, is called the Great Tribulation, and it's going to all lead to the Battle of Armageddon at the end of the Tribulation period. So I know okay. that's a lot to take in, but I want to give you some good news, okay? Okay. Here's the good news, Jamie. When we talk about the return of the Lord, there's two distinct events. There is the second coming of Jesus Christ that takes place at the end of that seven-year period where Jesus is going to come back physically, and he's going to touch down the Mount of Olives. That's the second coming of Jesus Christ. He promised he would come back in great power and glory. But the Bible also, when we talk about the return of the Lord, there's two events. The second coming that I just explained to you, but then there's the rapture of the church. And the rapture of the church, yeah, is spoken of in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first— then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. That word caught up is harpazo. It means a snatching away, a taking away physically. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. It's the uh, Latin word rapturus, where we get the English word rapture. Mm-hmm. 
And there's going to be a generation of Christians that are going to meet the Lord in the air in the rapture of the church. And I believe, Jamie, that's going to take place before that seven-year period. So I believe that that the Lord, the rapture of the church, is something that can take place at any time. And as you study end-time prophecy and study the New Testament, there's what's called the doctrine of imminent return. Jesus said, I come when you least expect. He says, I come in an hour you do not know. You be the wise servant that is looking for the master's return. And and occupy till I come, but, but he can come for us at any time. So I believe that the church is going to be raptured before that seven-year period. So the rapture of the church is when he comes for his church. The second coming at the end of the tribulation period is when he comes with his church. We're going to come with him in the second coming. So I know I've thrown a lot at you, and um, in about no, one minute that we have. <laughs> so, yeah, did you have something you wanted to ask real quick? So, do you, let me try to think. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, Oh, so when he comes on the first time for the rapture, and, you know, he's going to be in the air and everything like that, so will non-believers just not see him, do you think? Or, I mean, it doesn't really state, does it? There's no indication of that. It's just indication. Yeah. Paul says in First Thessalonians, or First Corinthians 15, it will hope happen in a moment in twinkling of an eye, which is the speed of light. Right. That's the twinkle of an eye. It happens with light reflecting off your eye. So it's going to happen in a moment. So there's no indication that they will see, but they will be left behind. So that's why we need to pray for them, uh, because it can happen at any time. Hey, Jamie, wish I had more time to spend with you. Call back, ask more questions. We'll always be here at Calvary Live to answer them. Hey, great show. Thank you, everybody, for calling in. God bless you. Hope you have a great evening. And keep in the Word of God. Keep studying. And uh, we'll be back next time at the same time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.